ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. That's probably Tiger Woods' most iconic moment. 2005 Masters. He was in his trademark final day red. He just chipped in on the 16th hole. Part of the reason that moment is etched in folklore is the image of him in wild celebration was the cover of Sports Illustrated. For sports fans, whoever, whatever was on the cover of that magazine was a big deal. I mean, this was a borderline religious text for those who worship at the altar of sport. So you can imagine how it went down this week when it was revealed that the publication was allegedly using AI authors and passing off that content as human-made in order to fill column inches. What does that tell us about where sports media is going? How is the sports world reacting? How did they think they were going to get away with it? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Maggie Harrison is a writer with Futurism, an online news publication based in New York City. Maggie broke this incredible story on Sports Illustrated using AI-generated authors and content. Maggie, I mean, this first question is going to make me feel old, but I think some of our audience might not appreciate the historical significance of Sports Illustrated. Can you maybe just start by explaining to those who may not know why it's such an important publication in the world of sport? Sports Illustrated, for decades, it has been the the sports publication. You are at the top of you are a writer at Sports Illustrated. You are at the top of the sports writing world. Literary greats from William Faulkner to U.S. presidents like John F. Kennedy have published features in this you know really extraordinary publication. And it's not only been famous for um, you know the writing that's in it, but the covers as well. And it's just it's for a very long time the magazine has been like a true peak of all sports journalism and like the place to document sports and. To see it go down this road is really sad to a lot of writers and to a lot of readers out there for very good reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, growing up in Australia, SI was a gateway to the global world of sport. You knew being on the cover was a massive deal. I can still remember the funeral when LeBron James got the cover when still in high school. Among those who have seen him play, even among many of those who haven't, there appears to be no debate. LeBron James is the best high school player in the country. So for them to be under these kind of allegations, as you say, massive deal. When did you get the idea that something was just a little bit off with their recent inverted commas journalism from inverted commas authors? We have been following this for several weeks now. We started essentially to put it very simply, which is often hard for me to do. A few weeks ago, writers at a a commerce website called Reviewed, a pretty standard, but like really well run, really thoughtful product review site. The writers, they get products, they try them out. They do a lot of research to make sure they're recommending the best of the best products for readers, which is generally what we expect. (laughs) They came out really strongly a few weeks ago against their owner, claiming that they had discovered what strongly appeared to be AI generated content under what strongly appeared to be fake, perhaps AI generated author profiles. And, you know, we've been following at Futurism, we've been following AI journalism and uses of AI in the journalistic industry for um, many months now since we broke CNET in, I believe it was January, early February. So we've seen a lot of AI content being used. So from there, you know, we started reporting on that. And then we kept following this trail that eventually led us to Sports Illustrated. So we, we knew what we were looking for. We kind of knew, you know, the, the telltale signs of the content, which it reads very stilted. It kind of reads like an 
alien came to earth and has every piece of you know sports text that possibly exists on the planet with which to like glean information from but doesn't actually have a concept of what any sport is or what it is to be in a body <laughs> it reads very like strange and alien volleyball can be a little tricky to get into especially without an actual ball to practice with we knew we were looking for fake authors and so when we found these articles that seemed just a bit off in the copy we you know we first put the names of the authors into google tried to find some um social media presences, which we couldn't, try to find publishing histories outside of this material, which we couldn't. Then from there, we were able to, you know, trace their actual profile photos or headshots to an AI-generated headshot website where all of their faces were for sale. The bios themselves are also really telling, too. Where they gave a lot of specific information about their writers and, uh, you know, about their backgrounds and their histories, but, but not real information. I want to introduce you to Sports Illustrated writer Drew Ortiz. Now, his bio says that he spends much of his time outdoors. He loves camping, hiking, and enjoying time at his parents' farm. All of that makes him the right person to, quote, guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature, unquote. But it didn't tell you anything, like, about his, like, personal background or educational history or, like, his publishing history. Everything was just a little uncanny valley. And so what kind of content were the Drew or teasers of this world delivering to Sports Illustrated readers? It was mainly buying guides, where to buy your fishing tackle or the best fishing tackle to buy or, you know, jumbo chess boards that you might want in your backyard. A lot of really various, often like incredibly niche sports equipment and outdoorsy kind of gear. And so what happened when you confronted the company that owns and runs Sports Illustrated about what was happening? Well, first, it was nothing. We contacted them several times over the course of uh, our reporting, and they never got back to us directly. Um, they did come out with a statement several hours after we had posted our piece that called, I believe it's in quotes, inaccurate, in quotes, false. Uh, we stand fully by our reporting that it is accurate and not false. They've essentially, the Arena Group is the publisher that owns Sports Illustrated. We actually, we found fake authors at two different websites under their umbrella, which we took both of those websites to them and explained what we found. And they are essentially arguing that there was no AI used in the generation of the content, which our sources close to the content creation process say something very different. And then the second part of their argument is about, you know, the fake profiles. The important thing about it is that this work was purchased from a third party provider. And that's essentially what the arena group, the owner is saying that like, we bought this content, but the people who have made it and that we bought it from have said that no AI was involved and that the Fake profiles are just pen names. Again, we stand by our reporting, but at the same time, it just doesn't really make that much sense. I, I don't understand why somebody who's writing volleyball cart reviews would need like a nom de plume to hide behind. It, and it also, at the end of the day, if you're writing a fake bio that spells specific expertise, but then the person who's, Jortiz is good at this, so which is why he can recommend this product. If Jortiz doesn't exist, I'm inherently being misled as a reader no matter what. So we're not really buying it. It just doesn't really make much sense to us. Why would the organization want to do this? What's the motivation? Is it as simple as that it's a cheap way to generate a volume of content? You know, I, I won't pretend to be in the minds of the C-suite at Sports Illustrated or at the Arena Group. Again, I, I think the, the focus is like, on the arena group as the owner and kind of what they've done to a publication that's incredibly storied. And they've tried AI before and we actually, we caught them a few months ago trying to publish a men's journal, like men's health articles that were just riddled with medical inaccuracies that were AI generated. So they've done it before. They tried AI before and it didn't work out then either. But I think the media industry has been pretty troubled over the past year, year and a half. And a lot of AI efforts that we've seen have come alongside 
massive layoffs or general media industry woes. And so in a lot of cases, it seems like C-suites and executives might be turning to AI, like you said, a, a cheap way to just make more content without human labor. I would argue that those attempts have generally come at a much bigger cost <laughs> in the long run, or at least, in, you know, right now, it erodes at the fabric of reader trust and erodes at, you know, the legacy of various publications, especially a company like Sports Illustrated. But yeah, it, it seems like a, a, new, a new way to content farm, but it's not really working out. So what do you think this means for sports media and media more broadly? We've seen a visceral reaction from the industry. ESPN's Pat McAfee was furious. A little punditry for Paul Pliano. Yeah. Now Paul's like, these mother are turning against writers. Whoa. They're taking AI-generated content, putting AI-generated heads on these people, and now we just got fake humans doing sports? That is wild. As was a, another famous sports media presenter in Dan Lebetsard. How would you describe the broader sports reaction? Because surely this feels like it could just be the start, not just for sport, but indeed media more broadly. Yeah, I, I, again, I think the reaction is completely fair. We've seen a lot like from you know various big names in the sporting world. There's been a lot of backlash. You now have a controversy involving fake writers uh, created by artificial intelligence that Sports Illustrated is denying are fake writers, not actual human beings. I saw a press release from Sports Illustrated that said everything we've done here has been done by humans and I don't believe it. But also just from everyday readers who we've gotten a lot of emails about them wanting to boycott Sports Illustrated because they feel lied to and they feel cheated. I I think from the general reaction of the public that we've seen online and in our inboxes, people are rightfully upset. We're continuing, we have a lot of ongoing investigations right now into continuing in this topic. And we have some, we'll have some reports coming out in the next few weeks. The union, so the union has since come out after the fact, after the report has been published, we've talked to a few people at the publication and they've come out quite strongly against their own owning body. Cause you know, these are journalists and writers who they're working at a publication that it should be held to the highest you know, standard of journalism because for a long time it has been the highest standard of journalism. And they wake up every day and they adhere to basic journalistic standards. And I, I think right now all they're asking from their owning body is that they do the same. But I'm not big on speculating and I don't like to make predictions either. But I think that to see something like this normalized within a body like Sports Illustrated, I think should be very troublesome to a lot of people. I, I think that the fact that Anybody in those rooms thought that putting this kind of material out was okay. I think that that's really concerning. And I think that AIs are an incredibly powerful technology. And I think that we're going to see a lot more publications and a lot more people in the media industry try to experiment with it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing at face value. AI means a lot of different things. Generative AI means a very different thing from, you know, there's there's a lot of different kinds of AI. Some companies, you know, have toyed around with the idea of, training an AI on their own backlogs that they own the copyright to and trying to figure out how to do something fun or interesting with that. But I think this particular case shows that a lot of companies will try to use very half-baked use cases for AI and turn them out and see what happens. It kind of seems like a throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And right now, that's not really turning out so well for Sports Illustrated or the Arena Group. But I definitely think, you know, I, I don't want to tell people to be wary of fake authors everywhere they read something. But I do think that we're at a very, not necessarily troublesome, but interesting and a very, very important crux in what it means to be an information consumer and a, a global citizen of the internet right now. And I, I think this particular instance shows it's going to be weird times <laughs> for a while. It's a brave new world. And by brave, I mean scary. Maggie Harrison, thank you so much for stepping us through your incredible story. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Headlines. The Super Netball players have rejected a stopgap pay deal offered by Netball Australia as athletes enter a ninth week without pay. The new offer included an 11% raise for three years. The players are steadfast. They want a revenue share. They've been clear about that. And Diamonds defender Joe Weston was clearly emotional as she called on the governing body to raise their offer. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been, a, it's been really hard. And I think all of us just want to be able to move forward with what we think is fair and reasonable for our playing group. We want to feel like we're we're valued. We want to feel like we're respected and listened to. And yeah, hopefully um, tomorrow when um, we're in the room, we'll be able to um, get something done for our players. Sorry. If you want to understand why the players and administrators have reached boiling point in their relationship, why legends like Liz Ellis are fuming, you can get all the context by listening to our episode from yesterday. It lays it all out. The Josh Kitty story continues to evolve with California's Newport Police confirming they are investigating allegations the NBA star had an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Now, the age of consent in California is 18. The league is also continuing to investigate the 21-year-old who has continued to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder as the controversy rolls on. Kitty has spoken to the media this week and declined to comment while the matter is ongoing. We're going to bring you something more substantial when we have more concrete information. And Brisbane will play Adelaide in Adelaide in the Women's Big Bash League Grand Final Saturday night. The Heat grabbed the final spot in the decider by crushing the Perth Scorchers by 67 runs at the Wacker. Brisbane's Grace Harris top scored with 54 from 33 balls as the Heat made 197 for five. Georgia Vol then wrecked the Scorchers with the ball. The spinner took four for 19. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to ESPN, The Masters, CNN and The Dan Labertard Show for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.